0: We are back, Athlete Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Nate Jackson is here with us. Thank you for coming on, Nate. Yo, what's going on, Mike? I'm happy to be here. Thank you. All right. So first things first, you just got back from overseas. What was that yeah. like? <laughs> uh, if I was just going
1: overseas, usually it's like cold. And like, you know, it was it an was interesting food. Uh, but I, we went to Egypt. So that was uh it was pretty amazing to be on the continent of Africa. Um and it was like being in a different world. Literally since we touched down on the plains, it was like stepping foot on a different planet. Um different people, different way of life. Um, but it's so many different commonalities too that we noticed. Um
0: uh, but it was a great trip. So first of all, I'm super jealous. Like I you know, you know me. I like look between you and me. Like, that's the bucket list one. That's the yeah. Cairo Giza. That is the bucket list for me. I, I'm so jealous. Tell oh. me what was going on. Y'all went to the pyramids and stuff like that. Man, um,
1: just just shout out to USA Wrestling for doing some really high-level things for athletes. Shout out to UWW for having a tournament um, in that place um, and bringing wrestling there. Um, there's a lot of great wrestling surrounding the area. It doesn't make sense why we can't hit some of these really cool places. Um, and I think it just takes a little bit of financial backing and, um, sometimes even political backing for us to have the opportunities to do it. Um, but us being able to go to Egypt, especially during this time, uh, sometimes the political climate isn't great for travel. Um, it just says that there's a lot of really positive moving parts uh, behind USA Wrestling. And as an athlete, we feel that uh, we feel a lot of support when we leave the country. We feel secure, um, just communicating with our families um, and knowing that we're going somewhere that uh, they're they're going to take good care of us. So We felt that. We felt that really strong.
0: Um, so that's that's something we should talk about too, right? Because Nanad Lalovic has made it very clear that he is going to further. Wrestling on the African continent, like he has, he he's made that very very clear. Um, Is this kind of the the tip of the iceberg, so to speak? Um, You know, it's you know putting putting a ranking series event on the African continent is a big deal.
1: Yeah, yeah. When I saw that, um, I thought that was interesting right away, and then I started learning a little bit more. Um, I think it is the tip of the iceberg. Um, You just look at different athletes and specifically like different wrestlers who have African lineage um, that have some connection to that continent. Um, There's, there's questions to be asked, man. Um, I I actually did an ancestry um, earlier last year and uh, my wife and I, and we got results and figured out exactly we're in the, we're from the exact same place in Africa, um, being Nigerian. And uh, I had some questions, man. I was like, you know, I had a buddy who uh, was a wrestler at Princeton and a good friend of mine now, Obi And And, uh, you know, he's Nigerian. And, you know, we like brought him in like, hey, yo, you know, you got to, what do we do to be Nigerian? No, but it's, it's it's really cool. And you'll see people go back and represent those countries. And if that happens, then that's another, another wrestling hotbed that connects that United World Wrestling, really. Um, and there's some great athletes with African descent. So sure uh, I'm, you know I think I think it's a really cool thing and a really positive thing. and if you have the people in leadership positions that say we we want this to happen and you got people invested in that, um, the sky's the
0: limit and I think that the sport will grow because of it. Sure, 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 sure. Um, okay on this podcast, what we we like to kind of circle or highlight is processes, right? So to me, I don't know that you have the same process as everyone else when it comes to preparation for, uh, for for wrestling. What do you see, Mike? I'm curious, man. What do you What are you seeing? Well, I think that you take a. Um, it looks to me. Um, I've seen you. You train. I've seen you. Um. Obviously, I've seen you compete, but I I think in training you seem to have a a little bit more. Um, I don't know, maybe intellectual view on on training. Maybe um, maybe it's just a little bit more honed in. I I don't know how else to explain it other than like maybe it's business like. How about that? Maybe maybe it's um a little bit more business like. I've noticed that. Look, sometimes. Guys come in, and, I, and I'm talking about some of the best programs in the country. Like I've been in Penn State's room, right? And and I've I've walked in there, and they they're all goofing and they're playing dodgeball, and and they're they're pulling each other's shoelaces and that kind of stuff. And not that that's not that's not good. It's fine. It obviously works for them. But when when you come in the room, it is businesslike to me, or at least that's the impression that I got. Maybe I caught you on a day that wasn't, you know, maybe you were just having a real serious day. Um, would you say that you're more business-like or you take a more business-like approach to to training? Um, I, I'd say I say it is a
1: business-like approach, um, but I don't want to, like, if you see me in the room, I'm super playful. Um, mm-hmm. I'm playful in my wrestling and learning and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. but my goals are very specific. So um, I don't know how close you saw me to competition or not, but... Mm-hmm. I noticed just within myself, you know, it is a business-like approach where I'm trying to hit on these areas. Um, I'm trying to keep morale high. I'm trying to learn from my coach. Um, I'm trying to make sure that my partner's engage because I know that all these things feed into going up higher uh, as an athlete. So I'm doing that stuff. And as that goal, right, that match, that tournament gets closer, my role is changing, too, where – I don't, you know, I can start to care less and less and less about what else is around me and way more focused on exactly what my goal is. Because at the end of the day, you control your own destiny in our sport. And no matter how great the systems are around you, at the end of it, um, you got to show up and you got to put on a great performance um, if you want to be successful. And I think, you know, just focusing on all those things really helps push momentum not just for whatever you're doing but for the people around you as well they can build momentum in their own paths and and we can all kind of feed off of that positive energy um and yeah no i'm you probably see me mike i'm gonna guess and say you see me practicing the week before a competition or something like that and dude like it's different like it's different it's a different level of uh intensity a different level of focus and it's when you start to get into that you know that warrior mentality a little bit because it's you're getting ready for a fight and we we put our bodies on line every day so like this for us is life and death right so when we're going into that fight we're not thinking about you know all the things that can potentially come up we're going into there like warriors you know we will really how bad do we want our goal right how, how bad do we want to achieve that how bad do we want to make that happen for us so boom right <laughs> you got you got two days you know, you start focusing in, you know, you start focusing in. I used to, I didn't always do this, right? And and I used to um, see other athletes. I don't want to single out people because they go from intensity to like super intensity. Um, but I watched them do this type of thing. And, uh, you know, I didn't really know what that was. Sometimes I thought it was weird, whatever. Um, but everybody had, has their process in different phases of their career. And I think the really high level athletes, um, it starts to get, it starts to get real specific. And then when you have success doing something, right, you have success doing something, you're gonna do it again. You're gonna do it again. you're gonna tell the people around you to do that too. And
2: it starts looking different. How do you balance that that mindset of, you know, getting close to competition, really starting to, to dial it in and bringing your focus to yourself and your training and getting yourself ready, while also simultaneously being a coach in a college room and still being somewhat responsible for some of the guys that you're, you're working with?
1: Yeah, that, that balance um, is something that can't happen from one individual, right? So I don't care how good of a person that person is as an athlete or as a coach, uh, communication is what, what allows that to happen. Uh, there are people around you, um, and at the end of the day, you guys are tied together through things that you do for each other, and you gotta show up for people so um communicating in the beginning um allows them to still keep that same morale uh, for everybody to allow those whatever as that focus gets closer uh, for everybody to start picking up different responsibilities um and you know even training partners knowing like hey like it, it's going to be a little bit tougher for this period of time um that's something that has to happen and, and it's a communicating- really
0: nice way of saying i'm gonna whoop your ass for the next hour <laughs> 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 yo, yo, you, you said it, you you said it. <laughs> hey hey <laughs>
1: tell them tell them you won't get a collar tie for an hour and a half <laughs> you know what i mean yo i mean you said it i didn't say it you've been saying a lot of stuff um but um that's the nature of the sport man and that's why that's why the sports the toughest because when you can even get in the proximity of somebody who can turn it on like that, um, you know it's attainable, right? Those kids that I work with, you know, i it's this guy, man, Mikey Squires, and I got to talk about him. I got so much love and respect for him because he's been my most consistent partner um, for the last couple of months and where I've made my most gross, I think. And again, people talk about jumps. I think in the last four months as a wrestler, as a wrestling mind, um, as a, um, you know, a tactician, I think I made my most jumps in my career. and he's been there and he was a, a red shirt. Uh, he wrestled in there in the lineup for us a couple times last year. Um, and he got he got beat up, you know, he got beat up. So having him as a drill partner was like, hey, I hope he puts on a little bit more weight. a lot of different things that you're looking at. And you know, the dude is lifting every day. Um, the dude shows up every day. Um, he's getting so much better. Um, he's seeing his own growth as he's competing in these uh, other other opens and whatnot. But man, that dude's gonna be all American. You know, that, that guy's gonna be all American. And he was a he was a he's a walk on um, at Princeton, and he's gonna kill it in the real world too. Cause he's he's you know he's he's great. He's great, and he's responsible. Um, and I I needed him especially for these last couple of months. Um, I've been dealing with a lot of different things with my body that I haven't. You had, you know, I haven't really had a lot of hangups with my body in my entire wrestling career, um, and he's always showed up, and he's always uh, been exactly what I needed. So, shout out Mikey Squires.
0: Um, so you said part of your process was coming into the room with specific things that you need to either address or whatever. Yeah. How do you? How do you keep, so for me, I have that too. I I write things down. I I have these things that I need to, to accomplish during practice. Yeah. How do you, during practice, make sure that you hit on these areas? Because I get, and maybe it's just my awful ADD, where I see something and I'm like, Oh crap, man, we got to, we got to address that too. And Oh crap. Well, you yeah. this. we got to, a lot of things. We got to, we got to hone in. I guess it might be easier as an individual as opposed to yeah. a team. But how do you, is there like a way that you kind of reset yourself um, and, and do it in a timely manner? Cause I could go for 15 minutes on this, but now I just burned 15 minutes, dude.
1: Yeah. I, um, I was thinking about this, working with my son yesterday. I, I plan on working with him. Uh, we have a mat downstairs in our basement. I, I plan on working him for like 10 minutes and then having a conversation about something completely different and not even doing wrestling tonight, just talking. And uh, I worked with him for an hour and then I talked to him for an hour. So he had a very rough morning this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about like just how with wrestling, how it is now. You know, you get off on these tangents. Um, I think, as a coach, man, I have no idea how you can how you can manage it because you're you're dealing with athletes. So, as an athlete, it's easier for me to, you know, prioritize. It's like, well, you get scored on more because of this, or you get tired most matches because of this. So it's like those things are just things that I have to do, right? But as a coach of so many different athletes with so many different areas of like the most important pressing thing there that's one, one thing that I haven't figured out yet as a coach. Um, I, I, I understand technique, you know, I got it. Um, I understand how important it is for a specific athlete to be working on something, but the hardest thing is to get everybody to raise their level at the same time. That's really tough. Um, and, and I would love it for it to be like, you can raise the level of everybody at the same time consistently where we're kind of like, we can raise it sometimes and sometimes we miss and sometimes we get it. And sometimes we miss, you know what I mean? Um, because if you can figure that out, you know, that's how you, you, you make really, really crazy, long living, great programs, uh, because that's year after year and that's proven results after year. And, and this that's crazy. And that's hard. Uh,
2: I think it, you bring such an interesting perspective, being both a coach at a high level and an athlete at a high level. How's, How's being a coach impacted you as an athlete?
1: Uh, it, it's the reason that I'm still an athlete. Um, the I was a good wrestler when I graduated college. I had some cool wins. I had some close matches with some really good dudes, but I wasn't on the level technically as the guys that I was wrestling um, when I got out of college. And college level wrestlers aren't on the. They're they're just they just they're just not always ready. You know, some guys, especially nowadays, like everybody's ready all the time, which is crazy. Um, these kids are really good but um you know back in the old days we weren't ready so i had to get a lot better and i i didn't really have a you know i have a family um i had a i didn't really have a big window to get a lot done and i needed to prove to myself that i can do this um and i i got really lucky to have really good people around me um reese is a, a great coach man great coach just uh he's a genius he's a genius and i've built different styles off of only a couple of things that he taught me and i'm still like just learning most of the things that he's he's been trying to get me to learn for two years these are the things that he's been trying to get me to learn for two years i got like two of them you know what i mean and i know that as i evolve if i want to continue to do this i'm thinking i'm going to keep going until 2028 but anything could happen and i could be you know this could be my last run you know who knows so um if my body is good man i want to be continuing to learn more because uh the things that you can do um to the opponent and just you know just with a couple of skills uh you know they're life-changing man they're life-changing there's some really cool things that we're learning uh, in, at njrtc and uh we got a really good room in princeton um so i know it's just like a matter of time before all of this starts to just start jumping up and I'm i'm curious to see what happens i think this year was a strange year, but uh, I think that program is going to be pretty good um, at NGRTC. You know, Reese is really good. And uh, yeah, no, I'm excited.
0: Okay. You have um, peppered in words like compete and performance. Is it more important for? Nate Jackson to compete or to perform because those are two slightly different things. Is it more important for you? Yeah, to perform I, or to compete yeah. For you?
1: I think right now it's more important for me to perform. Um, I go and I compete every day in practice. Um, and it, but you can't really, you're not really performing in practice, you're competing. You're battling every day. Um, so the only opportunity you have to perform, and that's really just trying to be, you know, your best self and show all the stuff you got, show how how strong you are, show how fast you are, show your heart. Um, those are the things that I think are really cool. What do you um, mean, okay.
0: do. That's great. So we, we've narrowed it down to one, right? So everybody competes, right? You got to compete. You don't have a choice. You got to. Yeah. Not everybody performs. Yeah. Okay. So in your eyes, what part of your performance needs to get better to get over the hump and make this team?
1: Um hmm, that's a good question. Um I, I know, think
0: I'm like good at doing this almost. Yeah. I know. That's a pretty that's
1: a pretty good question. Um I've I've never thought about that. Um I think that the biggest part of my performance now is uh, experience. Um, because I think I think I'm there, man. I think if everything's right, you know, my body's doing 100 uh, percent, everything's firing off. I'm you know, nothing crazy happened. I think that performance was like I'm there. Um, so I think just more time and experience in these situations. That's that's really it. Jordan Burroughs has had a, a million moments, you know, uh, where he had an opportunity to perform. Um, he had an opportunity to show what what he's made out of. So I think uh, I think my World Cup, my World Cup match was the first time I had a chance to really perform and show who I was. That was the first time in a long time. Before that, it was, you know, semifinals at nationals. Before that, it was, uh, you know, Illinois, Indiana duels. Before that, it was like state finals. It's really it. So I, I think just more experiences
2: do you view that performing at the biggest stage as being and getting experience at the on these really big moments is, is where you feel like you want to grow the most or is it just getting you know opportunities to perform
1: i just i guess it depends on what time you know uh, what's going on because um opportunities help but uh <laughs> you never really know what's the right opportunity and whatnot, just setting a goal and then sticking to it.
0: Hmm. So talk to me about the things that are not on the map that go into this performance, right? Like one of the things that struck me um, about you, and, and this is more like, full blown COVID time right? <laughs> and sucks. but you were taking every match that you could like every, every one of these cards that was popping up at all over the place. You took, you, you probably put in more than, than any of these college kids are putting in, um, during a, a regular wrestling season. What goes into the performance aspect of it off the mat, like, you know do, do, is it something that you think about because like you kind of started being able to sell matches not you know a little bit right like when yeah Jaden, you you were you were selling that match man I, whether whether you had any ill will towards Jaden or not probably not i would guess i don't know no you know no, Jaden is my like, boy you were selling the shit out of that match and i'm sitting there going oh this dude's on stage right now this dude's on stage
1: yeah um I don't really know when that started, but uh, I think it's been a good thing just bringing all the different parts of my life into my specific thing that I'm chasing. Uh, I have a family that I su- support and love and care about. Uh, I put a lot into this that takes away from them sometimes. So if I can do it, you know, I think about my family, I think about the different people that are a part of the process.
0: Hmm. Hmm. How much of that? How much of the the sport, especially as you start honing in, like you said, like everything else, kinds of kind of starts to fall by the wayside. How much of that do you take home, right? Because it is a little bit different when you're a college kid and you just yeah. come home to a box of ramen and, and like nobody gives a shit, right? But you got a wife, you got kids. Like, how do you how do you do you, do you take it home at all? Like, dude, I had yeah. at office. That dude was on me
1: man I, yeah so um yeah, i think it changes just depending on how old you are uh, when i was younger so it started in college for me having a family and uh i did i think i did bring it home a lot <laughs> but uh i was just kind of learning how to deal with trying to be you know good at something and also the stresses that that causes you and just emotional awareness and whatnot but uh as I was, as i've gotten older um you know you think about the people at a deeper level and, and, um, you know, you're trying not to bring that stuff home in a negative way, right? You don't want to be, you know, I'm cutting weight, you know, don't eat with me. Like that's, that's weird energy. So, um, I think just, just trying to be positive and, um, you know, no matter where you are, just kind of keep your feet there. I think I compartmentalize.
2: When do you think, uh, or uh, I guess do you have any tips for how you kind of compartmentalize some of these difficult aspects of the sport while also trying to show up and, and be present and, and help out, you know, your family and others in your life.
1: Uh, it's weird. Like you just really got to care. <laughs> you just got to care. Like it has to mean something to you. Um, your sport has to be really important to you and you really just have to care about the people and, uh, You know, not try to bring them down. So if you can really care about those different things at the same time, which is hard. Sometimes you just care about something. Um, But if you can actually care about them both, then you just make it work, man. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, People got to really ask themselves, like, do you care? Because I had to ask myself that. And it's like, all right, well, if I care, that's that's responsibility. You know, so I take responsibility.
0: Um, I want to switch gears a little bit last year you almost retired and something tells me that there was like okay there was this aha moment so for those of you that don't know um nate got popped from usada off something that was completely bogus um you appealed it you appealed it up until how long before the world team um, i got my i got
1: so yeah i got my um basically like my vindication mm-hmm. <laughs> letter a day the night before um last chance qualifier so listen 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 last chance qualifier um thank god seriously thank god last chance qualifier was in atlantic city um and i didn't buy a hotel room because i was like if I got it, I'm gonna drive there in the morning and do what I have to do. And if I don't have it, I'm gonna sleep well in my
0: bed tonight with my family. And if you do, you can schedule an execution. Cause that's exactly what we <laughs> saw. It was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> watching you, watching you just truck these dudes. I was like, I was I, I remember going, oh, it, it was like in um, uh, what is it? Billy Madison, where he's got the (laughs) dog, you're all in big, big trouble. And okay. So you get vindicated. You, you probably don't have to train all that hard for the last chance qualifier, but you do got to train for the, for the world team trials. But it looked like it looked like it was more of the same. Like you just trucked everyone at the world team trials. So here's my question. How do you, what was your process for pulling yourself out of that funk, that mindset that, man, I don't think this is going to happen, but it is, okay, now it's happening. How do I bring myself back from that?
1: uh man, that, that's a good question. Um I was in a dark place, man. Uh, I was in a dark place on a lot of levels. And uh the last thing I really felt like I had, real good control of was like my effort during like, you know, making sure that I go to practice, you know Uh, I just went to practice. I couldn't wrestle in anything. I couldn't wrestle, you know, again, like (laughs) these are money matches and stuff too. Like I I can't do anything uh, with the UWW anything on it. So I don't have any ranking series points. Uh, The year prior I was number one. In the world for ranking with ranking series points. So I'm just like, yo, this is so whack. And I know I didn't do anything um, intentionally to, you know, do anything, you know. So
0: it was something like meat, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's meat contamination. And in the area, they fatten up these cows so they can produce more meat for the people. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, But that should have been disclosed. And if I would have known that, I wouldn't have eaten anything outside of uh, the hotel. And again, like a lot of people, had traces of this stuff in their samples. I wasn't the only one, but my percentage was higher. And again, like, I don't cut any weight. So I'm just slamming food all week. I'm, I'm literally eating as much as I can. Uh, you know, I literally eat up to be 92 kilos and it works for me. But, you know, if I'm eating uh, burgers and all this stuff over there, it, it catches up, you know, and uh, that's what it was. And, and I'm happy that they heard my case. They took my medal. I'm like, hey, can I keep it? They're like, no, nah, give us this. I'm like, okay, all right. Whatever. But um but yeah, it is what it is, man. And I and that experience was great over in Guatemala, uh, being on a volcano, winning a Pan Am title. Um, so I don't regret it, but it, it put me in a really dark place. And uh I had to consider like what life was gonna be like without it. Um I just went to practice. That was my job. I went to practice. Um I still found out how to get better during practices um and i again thank god for being being able to compartmentalize because uh if i couldn't there it would have spilled over into what was going on in the practice room um and during that time i made a lot of jumps um and when i left there it was like sad you know (laughs) but when i went in there it was it was it was business you know trying to figure out how to get better
2: i think you you brought up a really interesting point of you have to put on weight to wrestle at, at the weight that you're at. And, and that's obviously very different than a lot of people within the sport. Um, how does that kind of impact your day to day in comparison to someone who might be cutting a lot of weight? Um, you know, I think that lots of times we think, you know, you can eat whatever you want. That's easy. But maybe it's, it's is it like, is it easy to, to have to continue to put on weight and try and get bigger as opposed to trying to make yourself smaller? uh
1: it's different i think you just have to lift right so like you have to be strong uh that's the biggest difference like it feels like there's not much to do but you still have a job if you're smaller and undersized you have to lift you have to lift weights you're you're going against really strong men um so yeah i think um that's that's the biggest part um and then the other is like i I don't know if people really understand that uh being nutrient deficient it just it just doesn't help you so like if you're cutting weight and i've been a person who cut um a lot of weight actually when i first started my international wrestling career um you have to make sure that you're properly properly nourishing yourself um, just so you can have a chance to compete at the highest level you can and if you can do that while also you know cutting back healthily then do it but if you can't then don't
0: um So you got, you, you are, to me, this is really, it's really interesting to me to watch someone who, you had success at a college level. You're having more success at an international level. You've had success as a coach, as a college coach. Now you're bringing up, it looks to me like you're having success as a father as well. What, how do you judge success as a parent? Because it might be different for you or for me or whatever.
1: Um, it just has to be about the kid. Um, you know, like I'm a dad, and all dads are the same, where we all have a skill and we're supposed to teach our kids our skill. So, if any of my kids want to be able to wrestle, like I have to be there to say like, sure. And I have to show you like, Hey, this is what wrestling is. Um, but all my kids are so different. You know, um, my oldest, my son, my only son, he wrestles, which is cool. Um, but me and his mom didn't put pressure on him to do that. And he's still doing other things like he's doing baseball, um, coming up pretty soon. Um, and then my girls are all so different. I mean, just a couple of, just a couple of minutes ago, uh, my daughter, Asked me if we could go on the wrestling mat and do math because she likes math and she's you know she's really into numbers right now which is great so it's my responsibility as a dad to go to the wrestling mat <laughs> with her and do math you know what I mean because that's what she cares about. Why um, I'm wrestling mat? If if my wait, if why, my thing is right here.
0: Wait, hold on, hold on. A I, I got it. There she is. Hi. Say hi, Katelyn. Hey hi. All right, baby, run off. You gotta go. Um, so oh let me ask you this then. Why why does she want to do it on the wrestling mat?
1: She wants to do it on the wrestling mat because that's the area that I put importance on. And she's probably seen she she comes down all the time when I'm doing uh sessions with her her brother or working with other kids, and she sees that, you know, I'm um, maybe i'm patient with them it just seems good and like we we get to a result i'm positive i'm encouraging them and she sees that as a safe place i think and everybody's dynamic right so there's times where i'm not as not like that like i should be but if she feels like she really wants to learn something she's like hey let's go here because i know that you'll be patient here i know that you'll take your time here and uh, awesome yeah that's pretty cool
0: no that's awesome this it's funny, man. Yesterday I, I took an Instagram story. Uh it was 20 minutes after practice. I don't think anyone left. I know, in fact, I know no one left. We there's just dudes. There's like a couple kids wrestling, couple, you know, two of the girls were just beating the crap out of each other. And then there's like a circle of like kids just bullshitting. And then yeah. and I'm I'm sitting here going, This is a place of, of joy, of happiness. They're they're happy. Yeah. Here, this is that is that is a really dull, really tough thing to cultivate. Yeah, okay? and maybe it's a little easier for us because you know season's over, we're just walking yeah. hands. And, <laughs> you know, it's it's like it's good, but I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is how do how do was it intentional for you? to create that place of joy and maybe not joy so much as it seems to me like it, this is a place of, of, ha- I guess, happiness, but also, um, you know, comfort. positivity. Uh, what was that Joel? Comfort, 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 positive. Sure. Was it no Yeah. I, for me,
1: um, I think that as you grow up, you know, you, you have to decide what kind of person you want to be. If you if you want to be a person that's positive and when you walk in a room, things get better um, or you you want to be a person who brings the room down. That's it. That, that's what it comes down to. And I think we have a place with enough people who choose that they want the environment to be positive. Um, I have that in my house, which is a blessing, such a blessing, man. I'm so, so grateful to have that. i um, a very peaceful house and I have that, when I go into the workplace um, and my workplace also has wrestling mats. So um, the wrestling mats carry that as well. Um, I think that we have to remember to continue to build that if you, when you get it right, when you get that, continue to build on it and and put that same amount of energy and focus into it. um, And then, you know, it can be good.
0: Hey, hey, I'm sorry. I got to follow up. I'm Joel. I know I'm cutting you off and I'm hijacking this. I'm sorry was that You're good. was that your um experience growing up meaning was your house a peaceful house when you were growing up was was the wrestling room a place of of happiness and positivity when you were when you were growing up and i know the answer to these questions i just want to hear you say it
1: <laughs> yeah um it's loaded man that's a loaded question because at times right like there's been times of peace there's been times of um really positive and then there's times where it was chaos and growing up in a dynamic place, you know, different wrestling rooms, um, you know, different. I got four siblings, right? <laughs> I got four siblings, my mom and my dad. Um, so it was chaotic at times and it was great at times. And uh, when you grow up, you get to choose, like, do you, what kind of thing do you want to foster? And then uh, depending on your consistency, um, depending on your systems, depending on your communication, um, and depending on your effort, you know, you can create those things. And, you know, I take it personally. Um, and I'm trying to do more, um, in the areas that I affect, but, um, you gotta always get your house in order and make sure that things are good where you are most before you can branch out and do that stuff. So, um, I feel like, you know, my family is just first, man. I got my family first, um, you know, and, uh, that's been
2: a big part of, all of my successes in my other areas what are some uh i guess techniques or things that you you do on a daily basis to try and bring this positivity to the rest of the room um i pray
1: <laughs> uh, i pray um my wife and i just found our church home i think and you know and we've been looking at different places which is cool um trying to trying to get faith where it should be I'm all the time trying to get better. And um, that's that's where it starts for me. Um, and then other than that, you know, you just wake up and you'd be grateful, man, grateful that the sun is hitting your face um, and you have something to do. So I'm grateful that the sun hits my face and I'm grateful that I have something to do. And uh, I have a lot of people to come back home to. So uh, when I come back home, you know, trying to treat the people right and I fall short, you know, I fall short. But
0: I think that's where my intentions are. You know, the sun's on your face a whole lot more here in Southern California, <laughs> I mean, we'll in Jersey. I'm just telling you that you're welcome hey. to whenever you
1: <laughs> do I love I love California,
0: man. <laughs> Joel, you got anything else for Nate for uh before we let him go?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit curious, Um, you know, being uh, uh this is kind of like bouncing back to uh your international travel of, you know, getting to. See places like Egypt, getting to see the pyramids. How do you, how do you balance, you know, going somewhere else, somewhere new in the world, somewhere that's very different, and you know, maybe making the most of that opportunity to see the world, um, you know, and not just making it. I'm only here just to wrestle, and the only thing you see is your wrestling room mm-hmm. and you know maybe the arena that you're competing. How do you how do you find time, and then also still bring the same focus and intensity needed to compete at the highest level?
1: Uh, just understanding, like, your job doesn't have to suck. Like, sometimes, like, as wrestlers, we think that our job just has to suck. Um, I think wrestling is pretty cool. Um, It's what I'm good at. I'm gifted in it. Um, and when I have an opportunity to do it, I should be happy. And if I have to be more intense to make sure that I'm doing specific things to get ready for my match, like, go into the practice room and do that. You don't have to be a recluse. Um, And if you're scared of the sunlight for six days before your match, uh, maybe you shouldn't be, starving yourself i don't know like it's that's not that's maybe that's not too harsh advice you know um but at the same time like i don't think everybody's the same some people just aren't super social some people just don't really like being outside like that and they you know they're more reclusive which is fine if that's who you are um and uh i got a really good friend reese humphrey you know he's a great friend and me and him when we have opportunity to go cool places in the world like we want to see different stuff. And it, we know it's important to boost your morale and um, to keep, you know, you can't be stressed out about something for too long, just uh, competitively. So as long as it's within reason, like we're going to hit everything that's cool in the area. And, uh, you know, boom, go go compete, go compete, go battle, go go perform, right? Go, conform, go perform,
0: right, Mike? Go perform. Go perform indeed. Yeah, Reese's uh, Reese would never allow you to just to sit in the hotel. There's zero chance of that. No nope. zero chance. He dragged me up the. Uh, where were we were we were in Rio. He dragged me up the uh, Christ the Redeemer. I had I had my suitcase. I was carrying. Oh, my kettlebell. yeah,
1: that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's well, yeah, so cool. good thing he did right. I and now I got a cool story out of it. So good on you. And then he made me <laughs> film as he did a handstand on the railing over a 300 foot drop. No problem. Oh my like, god! What are you? What are you doing? And yeah, you he's, he's like, eh, it's fine. Like, he's cool, man. Beers, you know, you know, we just had three beers. You can't do his,
1: that. Hey, his core, his core is the strongest core ever. So he can pretty much do anything like that,
0: Well, <laughs> I was um I was freaking out. Anyway, all right, Nate Jackson. Thank you so much for coming on, man. We truly appreciate the insight. I learned a ton. Um. I learned a ton today. Thank you very much for coming on.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you guys for having me. Um, I'll come back anytime if you want to chop it up. Um, and, you know, I'll see you, see you on the road. All right, brother, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, talk soon. Later, man. Peace.